You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. So I've seen a lot of comments this week about Garth coming to Broadway. First off, what's your thoughts? Uh, once you fill everybody in, and then and we'll go from there. Okay. So Garth, of course, being the megastar that he is, he paid $47 million for this property. The structure, it's at 41 Broadway. Now, if you guys haven't been to Nashville in the last five to six years, it's not the Nashville that it used to be. Almost every major country artist, from Alan Jackson to Jason Aldean, Luke Combs, John Rich, Dirk mm-hmm. Bentley, Miranda Lambert, yeah. they all have a hangout, which is a genius idea. George Jones was one of the first to do it with Possum Holler. Then you have mm-hmm. Tootsies, which is iconic. But the drama on Facebook is that Garth is right next door to the legendary Ernest Tubb record shop where Loretta Lynn, all of these artists, debuted their music back in the day. And I actually seen, um, what was the guy who sung Turn the Water Into Wine? T- Jesus did T- that, but I don't know who yeah, sang I know, the song. But, uh, <laughs> no, the T. Graham Brown. I seen him perform there. Mm. And, it, I mean, it's kind of a little cool, legendary record shop. But Garth Brooks is kind of he's kind of pushing on them. He's not yeah. giving them any room to keep it active. And he said that he wants that area for mm-hmm. the simple fact so Nashville Metro police officers would have a place to kind of recharge a place to go right. use the bathroom and it'll make it safer right now if, if they had like a little uh what's it called pre substation yeah yeah be. and he said that he would fit the bill mm-hmm. it would not come out of the taxpayer's pocket at all right so what's your thoughts on that because people are pissed that legendary Ernest Tubbs record shop may go away it's already closed though it is they i mean that just happened within the last year. Yeah. They closed it, which, I mean, that's that's a sad day because it is a historic place that's been on Broadway for... Ever. Man, for years. Like, it's a staple. But it, is. it closed, so what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to let it rot? you let that building rot? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Evidently, it wasn't bringing in enough revenue to stay open. Right. So, now, here's what I think. Here, Here's where I think a good medium would be. I'm not a fan of cops, by no means, but well, I get I get what they do, right. and I get that we need them. I get that completely. I'm just not a fan of the police. I feel like they do need that spot to go take a leak, to regroup, to recharge, and I feel like it may keep it safer, but they need a plaque on the building that says what the building was and dedicated to two at one time i think even better than that they should just leave the old sign up yeah i mean i would be game with that and just put in the window police substation yeah leave the sign have another sign on the building you have the earnest tubs i think it's hanging out where you can see it it. and then you can have one on the actual building itself saying police you know yeah precincts blah 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 
Um, I am a fan of the police. I mean, I have been hassled before. Everybody who's ever done anything even close to sketchy, maybe you drank a little too much one night, maybe you uh, got into a fight or something. Everybody's had a run-in with police. You've been pulled over or whatever for speeding. Maybe you had a taillight out. And I do feel like I have been stopped. Well, actually, I know I got stopped for, uh, I don't know what they're you know, trying to do, but I got pulled over once for, I was in a turning lane. I didn't have my turn signal on. Yeah. I couldn't go any other, any direction. Yeah. There's only one way I could go. I didn't have my turn signal on because it didn't matter. Right, right. <laughs> and I got pulled over for that. So... I understand why people get frustrated with police, but the fact of the matter is we have to have them because they do tend to restore order. And um, if you look out in you know Oregon where they've had all those issues where actually in you know, Seattle, they uh, you know, quit funding the police and it was mayhem. It turned into anarchy. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I know there's good ones and there's bad ones. It's yeah. just... I mean, and there's more good than bad, but the bad ones make everybody look bad. It's it's, it's just, just a, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. Here is a common example. You have all these kids, and I say kids. I use that term loosely. I'm talking, you know, people from the age of 16 to let's say 21, who own weapons. Yeah, you know, maybe they hunt, something like that. All it takes is for a kid like that one in you know, Texas who shot that school up, the elementary school. All it takes is that one kid, and now all of them yeah. are having to deal with the consequences. It's the same with police. Now, as far as Ernest Tubbs, I do feel they need to leave that sign up just because of the pure historical oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, presence. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is going to be a... I mean, you're not going to be able to go in there and buy anything like you used to, but obviously, you know, people didn't go in there and buy enough. So, evidently. Yeah. So, you at least get your picture in next to the sign. Yeah. And sometimes around bars and areas like Broadway, around the country, like, you know, Bill Street, like Bourbon Street, all those areas, sometimes extra police presence is a little annoying because they you know kind of hassle you a little bit they you know, stop you but sometimes it's a huge blessing because mm-hmm. a lot of things happen down there when you slow stuff down yeah when right. you mix a gigantic crowd and alcohol <laughs> yeah and yeah it is it's a concoction for disaster yeah or a great time but if you have the police presence you know extra police presence in the area that's going to make everything a lot more safe you know, it seems like this generation, for some reason, you've got just as many hating on Garth as you do loving him for some reason. Yeah. I mean, he is one of the first artists to publicly be worried about having the security down there, which is, I mean, he, he's taking the fans in consideration. Right. Uh, secondly, he's going to have the largest place there is because he's Garth. He's the biggest artist there I mean, is. He's going to have an entertainment like venue inside of a bar inside of a restaurant inside of a merch booth yeah i mean he's gonna have it all 
Oh, yeah. So, I get it. I think we need the police, but leave the sign or dedicate yeah, it somehow. For sure, dedicate it. All right, so this week, folks, we are talking about one of the most legendary country female vocalists of all time. One of the original, I think, uh, you know, crushes that a lot of men had. And when it comes to an artist in country music, well, I can't say original because you had Loretta Lynn and Patsy Cline and yeah, Dolly and all that. In the that. 90s. In the 90s, though, she was big. Yeah, and like... She's still gorgeous. If I could go back and be in any female artist band of the 90s, it would be hers. If I could go back and be in a guy's band, it would have probably been Alan or George Strait. But mm-hmm. this right here, folks, is none other than Leanne Womack. That's right. Go ahead and cheer. Get excited. Miss <laughs> Leanne Womack was born August 19, 1966. The number one song at the time was Summer in the City by the Lovin' Spoons. Well, summer in the City. Yeah. She was born and raised in Jacksonville, Texas. Her dad was once a DJ. He would let her go to work with him, spin a few records, so she kind of got the feel of what she liked. And... According to the history, she liked a little bit of everything. Her mom was a school teacher, and then later on, her dad was a high school principal. She studied piano and later graduated from Jacksonville High in 1984. I wasn't even born yet. I was born. Was you? Mm-hmm. Level Land, Texas, she attended the first college in the nation to ever offer a degree in country music. Now she went to Belmont. No, that was not her first. She did go to Belmont. Yeah, yeah, but we haven't got there yet. <laughs> you want to let me finish telling the story? No. So if I was, <laughs> if I would have been in high school and been able, like nothing made me want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Did you, or was yeah. you kind of like going because your friends win, or did you actually want to go learn mm-hmm. something? I went to a school where I only had one friend going. I went to a school yeah, four hours away from. Uh, where I lived, it was a little cheaper than a few of the other schools. I had a little bit of a scholarship to go for academic. Um, yeah, I really wanted to go to UK, but yeah. uh, it was so much more expensive. Yeah. but Well, if I would have had something that I wanted to do at that time, I love country music so much, I, I would have tried to have the grades and found the funding to do it. That's... I mean, you don't hear that nowadays in an offer for a degree in country music. So while she was there, she began a band called the Country Caravan. As you're going to see, she puts about a year into things and then decides to leave. She left, moved to Belmont University in Nashville. Mm-hmm. She studied, studied the commercial aspect of the music business. She was an intern at, as an A&R with RCA Records, which is one of the biggest of all time. You see a lot of artists and a lot of songwriters who actually went to you know, Belmont because there's a lot of connections with people. Because For it's sure. It's almost like a guaranteed yeah. you're going to be doing something. Well, you may not be an artist. Yeah, yeah. You, you might have a, yeah, you're going to find a connection. It's not guaranteed you're going to be successful, but you're going to have connections in order to you know help with it. Right. She left school a year before graduating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1990 to 1995, she become what you would call a normal housewife and mother. 
she met another inspiring artist, Jason Sellers. Now, the cool part about this history, I'm going to go ahead and tell you who Jason Sellers is. He linked up with Ricky Skaggs, who helped him get a record deal. He has wrote songs for Lone Star, Kenny Chesney, Montgomery Gentry, Pam Tillis, Wade Hayes. He even had a duet with Martina McBride. One of the coolest songs that he wrote was Some People Change. I actually remember Kenny Chesney releasing that, and then good old Kentucky Boys, Montgomery Gentry released it. Mm -hmm. Some of his biggest hits are Don't You Want to Stay with Jason Aldean and Kelly Clarkson and Sonny in 75 by Joe Nichols. Now, if you look at the math on this, they both were very dedicated parents because it did not take off for neither one of them until six long years later. At this time, they're working through their split. They eventually divorce. Um, So she's working on singing demos, writing songs. She was in this showcase and met One Tree Publishing. They signed her to a publishing deal after just listening to one demo. She starts doing writing sessions with the legendary Bill Anderson and Ricky Skaggs. So that's kind of how the the husband got the hookup at the time. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because, as you're going to see, they stayed pretty close. Like, yeah. almost too close to... They had a child together, so... I know, but nowadays... Well... It's, it's a heated battle 90% of the time. Yeah. So, she had a song cut, I Don't Remember Forgetting You, around this time that the divorce ended. She decided that she was going to go out and pursue a solo country music artist deal. She got a shot to play for MCA, who loved her, but they signed her to the sister company, Decca Nashville. 1997 is her first time that she releases her album, and this is the song that graced the radio and gained so much love for the fans. Never again, again Once more I'll let you Tears, I'll watch you go. Then, just like it's always been, I'll say never again, again. I mean, talk about country. Yeah, she's a she's a true country artist. That's anything she's wrote is very country. Oh yeah, and. When this album was released, you had artists like Randy Travis, Alan Jackson, who are saying, we've listened to this album on repeat on the bus. Yeah, yeah. She is the countryest thing that you've ever seen. And I'm going mean, to say something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it a little bit. Usually it's you talking about the looks, but I'm going to talk about the artwork on the front of that album. Yeah. She, of course, it was in the heart of the... The you know, friends craze, as you oh, as yeah. you could see, she, I've seen that. Yeah, you know, she had the Rachel haircut. Yeah. Well, it did not work on her. 
<laughs> she looks a lot better now yeah. than she did with the longer hair. Yeah. 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 She uh but I mean that's just my opinion. So that song right there got so much success that multiple people thought that it was a number one song, but it wasn't. Right. It actually peaked at twenty three. And mm. with a record deal, if you don't get a number one within the first album, mm. it kind of looks a little rocky. But she had so many fans showing up that mm. they made so much money off of people coming to see her that it was insane. Yeah. Uh, the next single that she released went to number five, and that is The Fool. But I know who you are Mind if I sit down Do I look familiar If I don't, well I should I'm sure you've seen me around I know you've probably heard my name Though we've not been in I'm the fool in love with the fool who's still in love with you. I have to admit, that's I like that song a lot. I do too. I mean, it's 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 as honest as the day is long. Mm. It's one of my favorite songs of hers. And you know, the thing is with this song and her. It's just so true. Like, she just opens her mouth and tells you the truth. Did she write this? No, she did not. Okay. I'd say... I heard in an interview, I listened to a a couple of interviews that she's done, and uh, she was kind of describing the songs that she wrote at that time, and this didn't really, you know, fit with what she was writing. She was, you know, talking about how... She was about the countryest, you know, writer at the time that there was, and yeah. she couldn't get the, you know, the album to say, "Hey, yeah, you need to, you need to record this," because at the time it had gone a little poppy. Um, yeah, to an extent, it had gone a little poppy. It not like to the extreme, but yeah. Uh, I mean, compared to now, it's that's so country. <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Buddy. At then, it was not. Buddy Cannon, who is a legendary producer, he is one of the songwriters. Him and Steve Nobles. But I thought the same thing. Mm. I thought, well, she's wrote one of these massive hits, but mm. unfortunately, she didn't. But as you're gonna see as we go along, nobody knows about Heartbreak like Leanne Womack. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, this year, so she's got a song that peaked at 23. She's got a song that peaked at 5. She goes to the award show. The ACM wins Top New Female, Billboard's Top New Artist, Decca Nashville, closes their doors. So, she's Mm -hmm. been in this record deal not long, and then they close the door. Thank goodness MCA picks her up. So, here we are in 1998, her second album. And the song that peaked at number two was A Little Past Little Rock. Good song. 
I mean, that alone. How many people's went through that? Like, oh, I, yeah. I left her house. I'm mm. this far. I'm not turning around. Yep. Because I'm done. And this is how leaving feels. Mm-hmm. My thing is with Leanne Womack is I cannot picture the fool who would ever break her heart enough to sing these songs. <laughs> I mean, because she's beautiful. She and everything that she sings sounds like an angel. Just yeah. talking to you on Earth, you know. Well, everybody. I mean, so that song. You gotta think everybody's got their problems. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know what she's like living with. Right. I mean, she you seems know? like a sweet lady. She may eat chips with her mouth open. I mean, she may dip. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, she, she could. Make you wet. So that song peaks at number two, and the second one. Another clever country song. I'll think of a reason later. females have done that you know what i mean oh yeah i know a lot of guys have done that yeah i mean it's not like a one of my really good friends he told me that uh i think i've said this on here before he said uh he said yeah when i first you know seen you i couldn't stand you (laughs) why he said you just had to look to you i just didn't like i thought you were thought you're an asshole yeah well okay thanks I'll think of a reason why I don't like you later. <laughs> yeah. You know? So here she is with four songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. Multiple awards. This year, she also wins the New Artist of the Year with the CMAs. Um, the album went gold because it had two number twos on it. Uh, she also gave some credit for her husband for doing some uh, backup vocals on some projects that he has. his name Frank? No. What's his name? Jason Sellers, no. her ex-husband. Oh, I thought you were talking about her new husband. No, getting a, you getting the buggy. Oh, I didn't know when they got married the again. Yeah. So, yeah. 1999, a lot of things happen. She marries a former A and R from DECA, Frank Liddell. Ah, there we go. There's Frank. yeah. <laughs> he produced Miranda Lambert, Eli Young. He's just an award-winning producer. 
Yeah. They had a baby girl. This is their second child. Well, not their second right. child. Her, her second, second child. child. Yeah. Yep. So in 2000, the song blowed up. And I'm going to tell you, I used to do wedding videos. And <laughs> this song right here that I'm about to play you folks, I, that was in almost every video and almost 500 videos. Yeah. Every this song, radio station across the country. I'm telling you what, they almost played it too much. They did play it too much. Here That's is my opinion. I hope you dance. the video is awesome it's got her two girls in it and as you watch her perform it, it's like she's not even trying she just opens her mouth and it comes out yeah I mean talk about a gift from God I heard an interview she said um, even though she didn't write the song she said getting to performance and watch everybody in the crowd has a connection with it everybody and it it touches them and to be a part of that she said that's why she loves what she does because she gets to touch all these people because she's a part of their story yeah i mean whether it was played at a funeral of a loved one at a wedding at a middle school dance (laughs) that somebody had their first dance at a high school dance prom I remember the first time that I heard this song, my mom sent it to me. When was the first time you heard it? Um, or can you remember? Uh, what year did it come out? It come out actually in uh, 2000. See, I was uh, hmm, I was either a junior or a senior in high school. I graduated in 2001. In I was May. a freshman. When this song come out, I remember them playing this at like the prom. I remember them. This was on the ballot for our class song. Really, it didn't win because the song that won had a tie-in in one of the verses to a girl that was in my graduating class. Was uh, Kenny Chesney song about uh, something. There goes my life. Nah, name on a water tower. What's uh? Name on the water tower. Yeah, 
There was only one like that. Are you talking about John Deere Green? No, it wasn't John Deere Green. I'll have to think about it. Well, now this is going to irk the shit out of me. It was a Kenny Chesney song with the name it on the It might not tower. have been Kenny Chesney. It might have been somebody else. It was, it was a country song, though. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the facts about this while Jordan looks that up. So, I Hope You Dance was her very first number one. This song crossed over into the pop charts. It was a massive, massive song. It wins Song of the Year, Single of the Year, and she also performed it at the Nobel Peace Prize concert. Um, she also performed this song later on for George Bush's uh, second term. She was asked to come play at the uh, Republican convention, and she did it. And after all that hard work, she finally got a number one. Now, a lot of people think, because she is a Grammy Award-winning artist, Mm -hmm. that she got a Grammy for this song. But it wasn't this song. Mm. And you will hear the song that she did get one here shortly. Here we are with, uh, do do you have the answer? I do. Before I go any further? It was Kenny Chesney. It's called Back Where I Come From. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can paint your name on a, yeah. 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 Back where I come from. Because at the time. I remember that song. At the time, there was a, uh, a picture drawn. It was a nice. I don't know if you've seen the movie Super Bad. Kinda. What yeah, the, yeah. What the I guy used to draw all the time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a male sexual organ. Um, there was a picture of one of those, and uh, the girl that I graduated with's name, and said that she does good things to those. Oh my god. And uh, <laughs> that's why that's why that song got picked. It was awful. Wow. Her dad went up. I think I actually think he paid somebody like a thousand dollars to paint over it, and they I, did. I, somebody went up and they covered it up, and then they went up like a, a month later and redid it. I'm gonna tell you right now. I hope the guy who done that. I hope he had nothing but girls, because as a father of girls, I am terrified yeah. of high school. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I don't know that it was ever. I'm sure a lot of people knew who did it, but I didn't know who did it. Okay. Well, anyway, so she's riding on this big train of success for my Hope You Dance. And I wonder if she ever gets tired of singing it. You, I mean, you have to, but... To an extent, you've got to get a little bit. It's kind of... It's got to be part of your identity, though. Oh, yeah. For the rest of her life, it will be. If you have a song that large... If it attaches itself to people like that song did, it's almost like, you know, Garth's <clears throat> The River. Yeah, or I The mean, Dance. The Dance. Or Friends know. in Lone Places. Yeah, any of yeah. those. I mean, he he's attached himself to... Everything that he does. Everybody yeah. who's ever listened to you know, country at all. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's like The Beatles. Yeah. In one of their songs, Yesterday, or, you know, I imagine. It's yeah. it's It's one of those songs. It's going to be... Remembered in history as one of the greatest songs because it has so many connections with people. Right. And it wasn't just country either. Like, it was on pop, pop. radio. Yeah. It's everywhere. So, after this, she releases Ashes by Now that peaks at number four. This morning is Monday. Where are you now? Teasing my memory. Teaching me how to lay low. 
She never had like a foolish song. It was either about a woman cheating or, you know, um, leaving somebody or getting her heart ripped out. Yeah. Or I hope my kids dance. Yeah. You know? Uh, she never had a foolish, goofy song. And that's what I respect about her. She had a song, you know, The Fool we played earlier. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not about talking about trucks and. Uh, diesels well, I mean, and goofy shit like that. Yeah, she's not gonna pick a song that you know doesn't relate with her. Well, and you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn a little bit towards the end. I love the next song you're gonna talk about. So the next song comes around 2002 off of the album worth something worth leaving behind. This uh, song right here is the one that earned her a Grammy. She teamed up with Mr. Willie Nelson, and I'll let you introduce it. Uh, this song is fantastic. I remember hearing it, and uh, I was in school. I had this on a burnt CD. Mendocino County Line is the name of the song. I had it on a CD with a few other Willie songs. I Hope You Dance was on there. Um, my yeah, uh, class song, Back Where I Come From. Just a just a few other. It, I mean, it was a straight you know, country album, but that's how i remember it this was directly on that you know, burnt cd after uh i hope you dance actually <laughs> that's, that's what i remember yeah, yeah but yeah this is willie nelson and leanne womack with mendocino county Line. And leaving things behind As the sun sank west Of the Mendocino County line As fierce as Monday morning Feeling washed away I orchestrated paradise Couldn't make you stay You dance with the horses Through the sands of time As the sun sinks west Of the Mendocino these pictures and I keep these photographs to remind me of a time these pictures and these photographs let me know I'm doing fine I used to make you happy once upon a time but the sun sank west of the Mendocino County line 
I mean, who would have thought to put them two together? Well, I mean, she was extremely influenced by him. Yeah. And other I, you know, Texas artists. But vocally. All right. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of different. But it's listening to it as I'm older, mm-hmm. I respect it more than when it come out. Because I remember when it come out, I yeah. wasn't a fan of it. I loved it for some reason. I don't know what it was. But I, like, I guess I Willie's voice. Yeah, his voice. It kind of just mixes almost with anybody, though. Yeah, he's another one that's just, here's what I got to say. It's a living legend, man. You can't do anything but respect that man. And, I mean, looking at her standing in the kitchen of a farmhouse and... Him riding a horse. Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> she just looks like everything that you would want in a woman. Yeah. And there he is with Honest Willie. Yeah. You know? So this song wins them a Grammy. Around this time, she also joins a TV show called The District. She was on TV for a little while with that. And then... I don't remember that. Yeah. 2004, she releases her Greatest Hits album, which is pretty impressive in that amount of time. 2005, she releases There's More From Where That Came From. Because so many critics loved her traditional country sound. Mm-hmm. That's when she released one of the greatest. And it's been said in multiple ways that you say that you can say a song a couple of times. Yeah. But how many people have said, I may <laughs> hate myself in the morning? Yeah. Just like one of us to pick up the phone and call after a couple drinks. This video, she just looks like a million dollars. She really Say does. how you been, I've been wondering if maybe you've been thinking about yeah. me. She's point, always got good lip gloss on or something. Yeah. I mean, at this point, and she's, what, you know, 40? Maybe. She looks like she's 25. Well, no, wait a minute. 2005. She's only a year younger than me. She graduated a year younger. Oh, she did. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. She was born in 66. Add it up. 66 to 2005. How old was she? 39. Well, she was beautiful. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm 39 right now, but, and I'm beautiful. Thank God she don't look that bad. (laughs) Yeah, I just got a couple more wrinkles. So she had this song on that album, yeah. which had great radio success. Yeah, the yeah next, that's a good song, but it, it, I mean, I don't know compared to some. It's just you know personal opinion, basically, is what you kind of relate with and what you connect to. Well, that's not one of my favorite, but I mean, it was it was big, and I remember hearing it. Here, um, here's yeah. my thing with Lynn Woman. You're not going to get in the car and just crank that stuff. It's a, like, Leanne Womack is a mood mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Like, when I was studying for this and when I was sitting in the studio just listening, I kind of got drunk <laughs> listening because yeah. it was so great. And, like, it opened up another spot in my mind where I could just really hear it and feel yeah. it. And it was outstanding. Yeah, she's kind of her own vibe. She is. Yeah. She is. So after that, she released He Ought to Know That by Now. 
Now, at this point in her career, things are getting a little crazy. Somehow, she ended up on Mercury's record label, and she left them. Two thousand. Well, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna skip ahead because we could talk all night about the songs that she's released. But I wanted to hit the key songs. Two thousand eighteen, right. she won the ASCAP Golden Note Award. Uh, her recent interview said uh, she's not with a Mabel, uh, a major label right now, and she's happy. She said, I've, I've never been this much happy because she felt like for years that they wanted to twist parts of her, twist parts of the song. She couldn't tour with who she wanted to. She couldn't hang out with who she wanted to. She couldn't write. She couldn't sing what she wanted to. So now that she's gained that back, even though she's not nominated for awards and she's not on the cover of People magazines, she's still a living legend. I mean, country vocalist, she is outstanding. I've seen a lot of videos where she hangs out with Jamie Johnson and she just gets to tour with whoever she wants. She said she was recently on tour with Patty Griffin and she's like, I'm a fan and I get to mm-hmm. go do shows with her because i'm not attached to that label she has a current net worth of 20 million dollars and that folks that's all that i've got on liam womack yeah is there a couple songs that you wanted to touch on uh there was a few that i ran across um the song called 15 years ago do you remember it i don't know if i'd heard that one it's her and john prine really i actually like it a lot Yeah. yeah I don't believe I've heard that one. I found that one. Um, the way I'm living. Do you do you know it? It's yep. A, I really enjoyed that. It almost kind of remind me of Copperhead Road, like yeah, you know, the melody to it. Right. It, it kind of gets you fired up in a little bit. Yeah. See, that was the thing with her. She had so many songs that people like you and me knew, mm-hmm. fan wise, but they weren't radio wise. Yeah, that's like a lot of. I learn this every week when we do an artist spotlight episode. I discover songs that I'd never heard before. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, just like any country music fan, we're at the mercy of country radio. Oh, yeah. And if it's not being pushed by a big label, yeah, if it's not that sound that they're looking for, they're not going to push it. Absolutely. And that's a shame on it a lot of, in a lot of cases because there's a lot of great songs that are out there that have not been heard but if they were to get heard man they could blow up yeah because oh, yeah. there is groups 
of country music fans that like you know certain kinds of country. We don't all like this pop mess. We right. all don't like it. She don't like it. She, Not don't, at all. she don't like pop music. No. And, Not and, at all. and country. I mean, you know, she said she likes pop you know, music. She don't like country pop music. Right. She likes straight up country. She likes bluegrass. She is a huge fan of uh, bluegrass. She worked with Bill Monroe once upon a time, and um, Ricky Skaggs. Ricky Skaggs. I mean, yeah. you know, um, like one of the interviews I listened to her was with Wheeler Walker Jr. Of course, everybody knows how silly he is, but yeah, I was kind of and how vulgar she was on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they talked for like yeah, forty-five minutes. You know, Hank Jr. once said that he hung out with her. And he's yeah. like, she's got country grit more than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. Because she's putting on lip gloss, and then the next minute, she's grabbing the fishing pole, the gun, yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, you know? she grew up in East Texas, just outside Houston. Uh, and there's, you know, she talked about, <clears throat> you know, living in Houston right now because she got tired of coming to Nashville, and it just be all pop music. And anymore... A lot of the people who are involved in country music these days, as far as at the labels and all that, are not artists. They don't really have all the you know the knowledge. They don't have an ability on a on an instrument. And at the place that she records, she's got all that. Yeah, she's got all that at her disposal. She actually records at the. a studio George Jones built. Yeah. She was also recording for a little bit in South Carolina, and there was a lot of rappers that actually recorded there. Yeah. But, like, she jived with the people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when people say country music is dying, it, it the it's way not. I see it's dying, though, to an extent, is from what you just said. Mm-hmm. You have A&R people, people that are dealing with the radio stations, who do not know that G, C, and D is in a country song. Right. You know, and that's what's killing me. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see, like, if you want to push this new stuff, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, have some sort of talent connected to it instead of just reading numbers. Mm-hmm. But it's a business, yeah. just like anything else, unfortunately. It is a business, and you know, what sells the most is what's going to get pushed the most. And that's unfortunate in some ways, and in some ways, I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of singers and writers and people in the industry, they're in it to make a living. And you can make a a very handsome living in the industry. You can also lose your whole ass (laughs) in the industry. But I think what it boils down to is a lot of people say, you know, country music is dying. And the way I look at it is everything changes in the world. Everything does. The only way you can advance as an entity is if you adapt and you evolve. Because if you stay the same, you're going to get stagnant and you're going to burn everybody out. So you have to gradually change, whether that's instruments, whether that's melodies, whether that's um, a little different sound, whether it's something off the wall. You have to keep mixing it up. I mean, you can still do 
your tribute albums and your tribute sounds like something you know that's old-fashioned i mean you know tyler childers in a lot of ways he's you know got a an old sound to his voice and but at the same time he's you know kind of creating something brand new which is helping the whole genre evolve and it's beautiful and leanne womack she is nothing but country like i hope you dance it was a little poppy they produced the crap out of that song but look what it did and it's connected with all these people and she had a lot of songs that were i I mean you know in my opinion they're overproduced yeah, meaning that there's a lot of bells and whistles that they added to it that they really didn't have to. It would have been a good song without it. But in order to sell records, they did. They added the extra stuff, and I mean that's what we got. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's kind of the nature of the beast. I mean, you you have to you have to do that. You have to add that stuff in order to uh, succeed, and that's why we have all the artists that we have now and that's why a lot of the older artists are kind of unheard of anymore you don't hear about them very much i mean she's still recording she's still touring she does shows a lot but you don't really hear that much about it because she's doing the music that makes her happy now yeah and that's all that matters yeah she's got the money enough where she can do what she wants to do she don't have to do what the industry wants her to do she's keeping her and her fans happy and for that, I salute her 100%. And I, we'll go ahead and do the rating, mm-hmm. and then we'll do the hypothetical. Okay. So where I'm going to put her at is uh, four stars, mm-hmm. simply for the fact the only reason she doesn't have five is because, you know, uh, she's not in the Country Music Hall of Fame yet, but I hope one day her name is on the list of people to be voted in. It has to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you have... The top three that come to my mind and not be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. But that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, so, I may go, I'm going to go four stars too. Good. Yeah. Just just because, I mean, of, yeah, the type of artist she is. Yeah. And you can either do what, uh, what, some artists do and they continue to to push the the envelope and yeah try to you know stay hot and stay on top forever and ever and ever and ever and ever but when you do that you lose a little bit of what you are as an artist and you become a little uh, i guess i can't think of the manufactured yeah basically manufactured Yeah. yeah so yeah and she's maintained that but and I do you know, like a little bit more if it's an artist who you know writes their own songs. But I heard her explanation of it, and she said that she does write songs, but there are some people you know in Nashville that is their whole job. Yeah, you know, they're not going to get paid to go out and sing the songs that they write, and they have worked so hard on these songs. You have to have some people to perform them, which, I mean, she's, she used an example of Kenny Chesney. You know, he's not wrote a song that he's performed in a long time just because he's got all these people sending him songs. And he's going to go out every week and 
perform in a football stadium. <laughs> you know, he's right. he's just gigantic. What's crowds. the point? Yeah, of singing what's, a song that you wrote. What's the point of wasting his time singing a song he wrote when he can, you know, sing a song that somebody else has wrote that connects with everybody else? Because at this point, his life doesn't relate with very many people. No. I mean, Jimmy Buffett and him can sing about the same junk, and that's it. <laughs> they don't know yeah. anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, so the hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. The first song we'll do is the fight song. Okay. If you had to pick a fight song with Liam Womack, what would it be? I'm interested to hear what you would say. Well, I mean, it's not going to be anything that amps you up. So no. it's going to probably have to be something that, I guess I may hate myself in the morning. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the way I'm living. Okay. So. What about your making love song? Making love song. That would be. And I know it's not going to make sense. But it would almost be like never again again. Because <laughs> the way a woman cons you into doing things. And you say never again. Well, I bow down just because you're giving me this little extra credit. <laughs> so that's the reason. Okay. You? Um, I'm going to go with Why They Call It Fallen. Oh, my God. I forgot that song. Yeah. That song. You didn't mention was it. I was going to Massive. It's like huge. as a fan. Yeah. It wasn't on radio, All but right. as a fan. Oh, my God. Gosh, <laughs> I remember <laughs> cranking that song like I loved it yeah. as loud as possible. Yeah, I'm glad I wow, I forgot in. that song. <laughs> yeah. What about that, Mr. Yeah. Country Music Encyclopedia? I know, man. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes <laughs> the system gets over one slip through the crack, slip throughs the crack, one slips through the crack every now and then. Yeah, you can't be perfect, just close. So. Which song of hers would you listen to over and over again? On repeat for the rest of time. Can I make a comment before you say it? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we've been made to listen to I Hope You Dance right. forever. Yeah, because it's, it's on the radio all the time. We've been forced, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not picking it. I'm just no. saying I feel like that was kind of forced on us. I'm not even, because we're going to hear that for the rest of time anyway. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee 20 years from now that song will no. still be on country radio. So, yeah, we have to pick a different song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be on every radio forever. Yeah. It's on, It's going to be on the yeah CD now. Four thousand seven hundred and twenty-two. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in sixty years, there's going to be a new yeah you know, platform, social media platform like TikTok, and they're going to be yeah you know, doing little dances. See, I hope I you know, dance. I don't know if I could stomach that. <laughs> I'll be ninety if I can't. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, I'm so, not going to have to worry about it. What is the song yeah. you'd listen to forever and ever? Um, just because of the way they sound together. Uh, Mendocino County Line. I just love. I love that song. Mine would be the fool. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, it's, it's good a choice. Really good classic song. Mm-hmm. So that's it, folks. I'm a big fan of Leanne. Let us know if you are. Let us know what is your favorite song in the comment section and help mm-hmm. this episode join the 400 Club. Yep. Um. Always remember, we have a Facebook group call the country music critic reach out to us on there we respond to messages uh, very well um but yeah uh, like follow rate review 
share with everybody. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Let us know what we can do, you know, who we can talk about that you want to hear about. You know, we want to hear back from you because without you, there's you know, no reason for us to do this, really. But uh, so, yeah, you know, let us know what we can do for you. And we, we appreciate it. Until next time. Hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all of them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch y'all next time.